0: You're listening to Clearing the Haze, Episode 4, the most effective questions every supervisor should ask when documenting a post-accident report. Welcome to Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. And today, we're gonna to be talking about the most effective post-accident questions that every supervisor should ask when documenting a post-accident report. This is something that we've had a lot of people request. It's telephone calls that we get wanting to know how to do this, and so we are gonna share that information with you today. Three months ago, at three o'clock in the morning, wasn't any different than a lot of the post-accident calls that we get, except at this time, the supervisor that was calling I could hear the uncertainty, the nervousness, maybe even fear in his voice when he contacted me. He said, Chuck, I'm sorry to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but we've had an accident. So then there's things that go through your mind as a drug testing technician trying to figure out the best way that you can serve your clients. So, of course, there's going to be some questions that I'm going to have. The first is I ask him, where is this individual at now? And I found out in this incident that this person had gone to the hospital. There was a malfunction with some equipment that they determined. This person was transported to the hospital. And that was all that this person knew at this time. So there's other questions that I have to ask at this point as a technician. You know, one of those is, are they even going to let me in to see this person? So I ask him, is there another supervisor or somebody there with them right now? And he said, no, that person is not there. I'm the only one on, and I'm here. And so the next question that I ask is, as a supervisor, are you going to get somebody down there? And he said, Chuck, I am the only one. And I ask, what does your policy say? And his policy at that point, he said, I don't know. Do you know where your policy book is? I don't. So now we've got a whole Accumulation of other questions that are coming to mind because I have to know how to best serve this person at this point in time. So at this point, I ask him to get a hold of the hospital, find out what the status of this employee is right now, and what we're going to be able to do. He called the hospital. The hospital says, You know what? We're not able to give you a status right now. You're not even going to be able to get in to see this person. We get x rays, we get all this stuff going. And so what this supervisor did was a really good thing at this point. He said, this is my number. Call me as soon as you have a status so we can get our drug technician down there, our company down there, to have this employee drug and alcohol tested because time is of the essence. We have to get this taken care of. This is a DOT accident, and so we need to get this taken care of with this individual. The problem is... We had no supervisor down there. So we were having to rely on the hospital to give us the information that we need to find out when we can get to this person. Just through my own experience, I know at some point I'm going to have to go to this hospital. So I start making my way to the office that we have, knowing that it's only going to be minutes away from the major hospitals that we have here. Because at this point, I don't even know which hospital he's in. I just know that he's in a local metropolitan hospital in our area. And I'm waiting for more information, but I figure if I'm already there, I can get to this guy. We can get this taken care of because like we said before, time is of the essence when it comes to drug testing of people who are involved in post-accidents. The twist to this story is because we had no supervisor on scene, four hours later when we're still waiting for a call from the hospital, the supervisor calls me. He says, you know, I still have not heard anything. And I told the supervisor, you need to call them again and ask and just let them know, look, I'm not trying to be a bother, but I really do need to know where we're at with this individual. Supervisor calls and finds out that the hospital has already released this person after they evaluated his injuries. So now we have an employee that has left the hospital. Did he go home? Did he go somewhere else? Who knows? So now we're scrambling. And he finds out that this employee is at his home. Well, that employee does not want to come back into work. He doesn't feel good. He doesn't want to have to make that drive. So we compromise and we come up with a mutually agreed location that I can go out to him and get this testing done so his wife doesn't have to drive too far with him. But we can do it in a public place where he feels comfortable, I'm comfortable, and we get this taken care of. But the long and short of this is this, guys, up to this point, this individual leaving the hospital, we have no control over what he has done. What if he had gone home and had a beer? He just got out of the hospital. He's not working. We didn't tell him he couldn't drink. So do you think maybe if he did that, we're going to have an issue? Yeah. Because part of the DOT accident is going and doing a breath alcohol test with this individual. And that's an even short time to get that taken care of than it is to do a regular urine drug test. So after we determined that none of that took place, he only took the medications they gave him at the hospital, he went out and we got the drug testing done. But how much smoother would this have been had we had an employee or a supervisor that was designated to go with this person to keep the other supervisor apprised as to what was going on so we could have some control over this situation somewhat, not only for the protection of the employer, but also for this employee as well. So there aren't any accusations that he went and took anything after he left the hospital. There's a whole lot of things that could have fallen into play with this. And that's why it was the perfect story to come up with to give you an example of how vital it is that when we're going and investigating post-accidents that we have steps in place that we can follow to ensure not only the protection of our business, our employees, and the community, but also to take care of the incident at hand at the best way that we can with the best interests involved. Now, before anything else is done in a situation like that, there are three things that you really need to ask yourself. First, you're going to have to make sure that appropriate care has been given to your employee. That if they're injured as a result of the accident, that we've got people coming to take care of this individual. That has got to be our first priority is their well-being and their safety at that point. So we're going to go ahead and do that. The second thing as a supervisor or an owner of the business, the next thing that you've got to make sure is that that area that you're in at that point where this this employee got injured, is it safe for anybody else to be in that area? Is it safe for medical personnel, paramedics, other emergency responders coming to enter that area to be able to take care of this person? And in some cases, this may be the first need that you're going to have to look at before even making any type of appropriate measures as to the the extent of the injuries of the individual or anything like that. And it's going to depend on your workplace. The third thing that we need to do is, if necessary, we're going to have to preserve that scene for the, the best way that we can, whether it's putting some cones out, having other employees standing in a certain area to keep people from going in there. We're going to have looky-loos. We're going to have other people that are there that are going to be not only concerned about this person, but they want to know what happened to them as well. This is a fellow employee. And yeah, they probably really don't have a need to be right there in the mix, but you need to understand a lot of your employees feel a sense of ownership. They have a person that they're a friend with, a fellow employee, somebody that they're close to, they want to make sure that that individual is taken care of just as much as we do at that point. So these are some of the things that we have to take into consideration when we're looking at these individuals and we're trying to determine the extent of the injuries and the safety of that area at that time and bringing people in to render aid to this individual in need. There are five key actions that a supervisor can take prior to any post-accident investigation to have an effective outcome. And it's gonna sound like something that you should be doing while you're doing the investigation, but these are things to kinda get your mind in that mindset of this is something different, this is an investigation, And we're doing it for two people, your business and the employee that's been hurt, okay? We need to understand first, kind of like the person that called me at 3 o'clock in the morning a couple of months ago, do we have somebody else that we can call to go with this employee if he's being transported to the hospital? We've got to maintain what we would call in a law enforcement setting, chain of custody or having somebody there with this person at all times because we need to have a status that's being brought back to the supervisor because obviously at this point, if you're a supervisor and and this is a big business, you may need to take care of things at the workplace first before you respond to the hospital. So whether that's calling another supervisor, having them head down to that hospital to respond, If you're assigning an employee temporarily to go with the paramedics or to follow them to the hospital so that you have a point of contact at the hospital, that is the most important thing that we can do. Because like in the the example that I gave you at the beginning, this individual was released from the hospital an hour or so before we had done a follow-up call to find out what his status was. If you have somebody there, they're going to be able to call back the supervisor and say, hey, this is the extent of his injuries. This is what they're looking at. They're getting ready to release this guy. Now we can give him some instructions or her some instructions on what we need to do next with this employee. So once we have that established, look at your policies and procedures. If you do not have something like that in those policies, we need to make something appear in that policy to cover this because it's vital. You've got to have that. It's control of the situation and we need to document this as best we can and show that we've done everything that we can to preserve this accident scene or this situation the best that we can. So when we're talking about the five most important things that you as a supervisor can look at or an owner when investigating this, the first thing is we got to try and determine what may have happened. Looking at the scene. Now, there may be a time where you may just have to sit back and look at what you have. Pretend that you're an investigator. We've all seen them on TV. CSI is huge for this. Now, we're not going to be able to solve a crime within 30 minutes, but you know what? If you just slow down and take your time and look at what you have, you're going to have a pretty good idea before you go into this next area that we're going to talk about with the 13 key critical questions to ask yourself when you're documenting this accident. But we're talking about the top five right now that you need to look at before you even get to that point. So we're already talking about the first one, try and determine what happened. That's your first priority, what we need to do. The second thing is to determine why this incident occurred. Was this was there something else involved other than just this employee's actions and what they were doing? Was there another element that occurred that added to this or caused the accident? Okay. Three. You need to be able to describe the incident that took place. What is prompting this investigation? What is causing you to be there at this point in time? And investigate this and figure out what had happened. The fourth thing that we need to look at, look at is establishing the facts surrounding what occurred. This is the heart of your investigation. You've got to determine the who, what, when, where, and why in your documentation and reporting. Understand, this document, this reporting that you're doing, not only is going to be looked at, at your, as your, at your company as a whole... But you have other people that are involved. Does this turn into a, a possible criminal investigation where somebody was hurt or killed or uh, something else that occurred where you may have to involve the police or authorities? Is this something that your insurance company is going to come in and want to investigate themselves because there's a claim that's being made? There's all kinds of different scenarios as to why it's so important for you to figure out who, the who, what, when, where, and why in this documentation process. And if you remember those elements in this report, as you're going, it's gonna make your life so much easier. And it's gonna make more sense to everybody involved if you have this well-documented. And believe me, you're not gonna wanna have to go back and rehash this thing over and over and over again, trying to explain things that you did while you were the first one there, what you saw, how it happened, All those things are gonna be in this report. You wanna be able to document this very well. Don't take any shortcuts. Don't miss writing something into your report that three, five, 10 months from now or longer, you're gonna have a hard time remembering. Remember that, that you need to have this documented so that even if it's five years later, because we all know with insurance or anything else, Those processes aren't going to happen overnight. They take time because they're going to do their investigation as well. Have this documented so that when you're asked a question later on, you're able to look at your report, refresh your memory, and you're going to remember exactly what happened because you put it in your report. Don't shortchange yourself. So the fifth thing, the action that you've got to take as a supervisor before you even start this is has there been previous action taken with this employee to correct maybe a problem that was overlooked is this something that's been ongoing is this something that maybe this employee has been disciplined for in the past or another supervisor has talked to him about and what was it and if it was remedied last time why did it fail this time why did it happen again Why did it get to the point where somebody was injured? So these are things that you need to keep in your mind as you're investigating this and looking at this accident scene, trying to figure out what exactly occurred. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about, these are 13 key critical questions to ask yourself as you're documenting your post-accident. And we're going to talk about a little bit about each one of these. The first one is, what was your employee doing at the time of the accident? Were they even in the right place at the right time? Were they in their area or in the place that they were supposed to be in performing their job function or duties? Were they somewhere else? If they were, why were they there? You know, these are things that you really need to look at because sometimes people may be going into a different area. Was it because this individual wasn't familiar with that area or what was going on at that time, they were hurt or they hurt somebody else, these are things that you're gonna know as you're doing this investigation. The second thing that you need to look at, was this employee qualified to perform this operation? Do we have somebody running a forklift that has no business running a forklift? Did this employee take on this responsibility themselves? because they felt maybe it was going to be a lot faster to just do it themselves than to get somebody else involved and have them come and move this thing or to operate the crane or operate the forklift or whatever the situation may be. Was this within that employee's job description or what they were assigned to do that day when this accident occurred? The third thing were company policies and procedures being followed. Were they shortchanging or shorting this process, trying to make up time to get this job done quicker or faster? There are reasons why we have jobs that have job descriptions and processes that are in place for every job that somebody does. So we're just making sure that this wasn't maybe something that contributed to this accident at this point. And that leads us into question number four, and that is, is this a new job or a new process? Have all the employees received training on this operation prior to the accident? Or did we just happen to put this person in there with a really quick overview of what it is and say, here it is, take care of it. Now we know maybe what contributed to that was their lack of knowledge or understanding of what the process was and what they were doing and or being asked to do at that time that may have contributed to this accident. But number five is, were the appropriate tools or equipment being used for the job being performed? You know, I've seen pictures, and we all have, of individuals that are trying to get the job done, and instead of taking the time to go get the right equipment or the right tools for that particular job that they're trying to accomplish, they go and they shortchange it. They go and look for a quick and easy fix so that they don't have to stop what they're doing to go and get the things that they really should go and get in the first place. You know, you see things where people have stacked boxes on top of boxes, on top of desks, on top of furniture, and then they wonder why they got hurt when it all came crashing down. Well, this is what you're doing as a supervisor. You're finding out, did they use the right equipment could that have contributed to this accident occurring and this person getting hurt so make sure that one that you're going to understand what this process is do you know what the job was that this individual was supposed to be doing did you train them did you assign them to this job if you did Was it after the training that you had or was this a position that this person may have had experience in performing before so there wasn't a lot of training that really needed to be done with this individual? These are all things that you should take into account because they are vital. They show you whether this individual's lack of knowledge contributed to it or was it they had enough experience that this really shouldn't have happened. So then we got to look at other things that may have occurred that may have happened in causing this accident. So the sixth question that we need to ask, was supervision being provided or was it even needed? That is something that's going to be very telling. Is this a situation where maybe this is a a job that doesn't require a lot of supervision? This is a job that an individual should be able to handle on their own with the experience and the training that they've been given. So there's no question as to whether or not they can perform it themselves. So those are questions that you're gonna be needing to be asked because that's something that if this was to go to court, or if this was to go to a advisory board where they're reviewing this accident, that they're gonna ask, was a supervisor really needed at this point? If not, then you tell them not. Don't make up things. If this was a position that really didn't need that, then don't add it to make it look good. Remember, your report needs to be accurate and it needs to be truthful. That is what we're looking at in this case. Now, number seven in these questions is where was the location of the accident? Did it happen on property that you own or at your workplace? was this an individual was driving a company vehicle on their way back and now they got into an accident off-site, but because it was on company time driving a company vehicle, it now becomes your job to determine what happened in this accident. Those are things that we need to ask as well. It's also going to affect your ability to take care of the other employees at the job site if there isn't another supervisor there So that you can respond. We need to have somebody on call just in case. Because as we all know, accidents happen. And that's what we're trying to prevent at this point is another accident occurring. Or us having to shut down the total production of the company at this point to deal with the situation. And who knows? Maybe the accident that occurred is going to disrupt all the processes that are occurring at that particular job site. So, that needs to be determined as well. So, number eight, what were the conditions of the area when the accident occurred? So, what I mean by that is is this something that happened outside? So, could weather be a key factor in this? Was it raining? Was it snowing? Is there ice out? Was there processes in place to make sure that the area was clear of any slips, spills or falls that an individual may come in contact with? Was there rain, snow, mud? Is there any other type of debris if it's like construction going on or equipment that's being added or worked to? What is the conditions that this employee may have walked into or was working in that may have contributed or added to this accident? occurring number nine i feel is probably one of the most vital questions that you're going to be needing to ask or even follow up with and that is are there any witnesses to this accident and if there was what were the witnesses doing at the time of the accident remember stories start spreading fast gossip and everybody wanting to know what happened is going to spread like wildfire before you even say a word. People are going to assess, there we go, I can say it, assess the area and look at it and they're going to make assumptions already as to what happened. Regardless of what you find in your investigation and following up, they're going to hear from somebody else who heard from somebody else that went over and saw and this is what they said. So One, we're going to cut down on the gossip a little bit. But number two, we're going to go talk to those witnesses. Are they truly a witness? Did they actually see this? Or is this something that they were told by somebody else? Because if it's just secondhand information, that's not a witness. That's a witness to somebody telling them a story as to what happened. But that's not telling them what happened at this accident that may help you in your investigation and figuring out What happened and what went wrong that caused this employee to get hurt? Number 10, what immediate or temporary action could have prevented the accident? You know, could it have been minimized in any way or avoided? A lot of times when you sit back and you look at accidents, you'll find that there are things, some measures that could have been taken or things that we could have probably done prior to this to avoid any type of accident. But then again, sometimes these, these situations are beyond our control. We can't foresee everything that's going to happen. An example, sitting at a traffic light waiting for the light to turn, somebody's brakes go out and now they plow into your vehicle. You had no control of that. You were doing what you were supposed to be doing. You were stopped. You weren't running the red light, you were sitting there waiting for it to turn green and now you are a victim of this accident in the wrong place at the wrong time as they say so these things do happen so sometimes though there are temporary things that could be be taken care of you know could you have had somebody come out there and take a shovel and and shovel the walk could we have put ice melt down on the concrete or the walking path that you have to avoid anybody slipping falling Are getting hurt that way? Is there equipment that could have been put away? Is there equipment that could have been moved? Or is there inventory that could have been placed in a different situation or stacked in a different way? These are all things that we need to look at because they can contribute to the overall incident as a whole. And what had happened during that time. So number 11. Could a short or long term action prevent this accident from being repeated what are we going to learn from this is this something that we're going to be able to come up with some sort of an action that will prevent this from happening again remember one of the questions we asked earlier is this a repeat of something else and if it was at this point in this in this question number 11 We need to come up with a better plan because obviously the solution we came up with the first time didn't work. Why didn't it work? That is something we need to ask ourselves. And we need to somehow try and reconstruct this the best we can to figure out why it didn't work. And then once we know that, we're going to be able to move forward and figure out what we need to do now to prevent this from happening again. So could that accident happen again? Sure. Anything's possible. People get hurt every day. There's other contributing factors that happen. Were they paying attention? Were they just being complacent? Were they in a hurry? Were they shortcutting what they were supposed to do, trying to get it done? There's a lot of things, but we're looking at things right now without even talking to the employee, getting his side of the story as to what we're seeing right here at this scene that may have contributed to this. Number 12, did unsafe actions contribute to the cause of the accident? And we just talked about that. Are there things that maybe the employee was seen doing or things that we're seeing that just don't make sense so we know that the process wasn't being followed? We know that the individual should have been doing this and this, yet we're not seeing that. We're not seeing the equipment where it should be. Or asking ourselves, why is this piece of equipment here being used when it should have been this piece of equipment? We're making notes of that because the only individual that's going to be able to answer that question for you is the one that's at the hospital right now. So let's try and get all of this stuff together so when we do talk to this employee, we're able to piece it all together and help it make sense for us in our report. The last thing. And question number 13, should disciplinary action be recommended? Or has any disciplinary action been taken with this individual for unsafe acts prior to this accident? Is this a repeat? Is this something else that the employee has contributed to that we've talked to him or her about before, but yet here we are at square one again dealing with the same incident? Those things need to be taken into account as well. Even as hard as it may be at that time with somebody sitting at a hospital and we're not knowing what their status is at this point, are they hurt, are they going to be admitted, are they going to have surgery, there's all kinds of things that could be happening. Right now, the best thing that you can do, not only for your company, but also for that employee, is to investigate this the best you can right now so then you can address those concerns and those questions later. That situation isn't going to go anywhere. That individual is going to be there. We have somebody there that can keep an eye on them, at least that we know if they're going to be there or where they're going so that we can start doing our follow-up at a later time when we got done doing our investigation here at the place where this accident had occurred. Now, understand that these 13 questions that I just gave you Don't particularly need to be in this order. If you have a different order that you feel is going to be more efficient for you as a supervisor to follow, then by all means, adapt this and use it to the best of your ability to fit your situation and to fit your workplace. Because you know what's going to be the most efficient thing for you and what's going to work for you when it comes to reporting incidents and having to go through this process yourself. So don't forget that. Remember, you have to understand what your limitations and what your values are and what you bring to the table when it comes to investigating something like this. Who knows? You might even be an individual that understands this process better than anybody else because you've done this job before. You know what the employee was supposed to be doing. That's got to be taken into account too. Because we have a lot of people that moved up from one position to another to another. You have some supervisors that we have met. They know every process in that work environment because they've done it. I've been to some really amazing workplaces. And the efficiency in which they work is so fluid and works so smoothly. It just leaves me in awe thinking about it. I'm, I'm thinking about an employer that has a steel manufacturing plant and this just isn't your average day steel plant where you're thinking about iron workers and everything else these guys are working around furnaces guys that are so hot that they can only leave five people in this process in the position that they're at for five minutes at a time as they rotate because they overheat because of the heat coming from this oven that they're Making this steel this equipment that they're making and it's for for farming equipment And so they're dealing with the discs and the rotors and all these different things that farmers are using on Their equipment and this is all raw steel and to see kind of that kind of stuff in this day and age is really kind of cool To be able to see the process and how these guys do that but they have to give them a process where each one of these guys knows Okay, my time's up, I'm over here now. And it's very efficient. And they've got eight of these work areas like this. And you're sitting here watching these guys. And yeah, you know what? They do this day in, day out. But what was amazing to me is to sit there and watch not only the communication, but knowing what the left and the right hand were doing at the same time. We can get these processes down, but we have to give our employees the ability to know that this is the way that we want it done. You can't deviate, and this is the reason why you can't deviate, and give them those boundaries or those areas to work within. As a supervisor, I feel one of the most important things you can do when preparing your investigative report, doing your summary and documenting this, and giving your findings is also giving your recommendations as to how this can be taken care of, how it can be prevented in the future, and what you feel needs to be done for not only the protection of your employer, if you're the owner, your business, but also for all the other employees, possibly clients that we're gonna have coming in, it depends on what kind of business you have. These are all steps that have gotta be looked at. And so your reporting of this is very, very critical. So one of the things that we've done is we put together a packet with these 13 critical questions, also the top five that I gave you, and then the first three that you should be looking at when you first walk in, because I know that I just gave you a whole bunch of stuff at one time. But here is the bonus in this. I've also added a reasonable suspicion form, a document. There's also a reporting form that you can take a look at. Hey look, if this reporting form works for you, then please, by all means, adapt it for your workplace. You can add things to this. This could be a template to help you in developing your reporting system for your workplace. So if you can use it, please do. So the place that you can go to to find this report and to download it for free is our, our company website, and that's going to be Colorado Mobile Drug Testing.com. Again, that's Colorado Mobile Drug Testing.com. And you're going to look for the most effective post accident question that every supervisor should ask when documenting a post accident. That was the name of this podcast, and that is the download that you'll find at that website. So please, download it if you like it. If you want to adapt it, please do. If you know other people that have talked to you about their frustration when working with post-accidents or dealing with post-accidents, please share this with them as well. We would love to be able to help as many people as we can because our goal is to help you As the business owner or the supervisor have a safe and effective workplace. Hey, we'd like to thank you for tuning in this week into this special podcast on covering post-accident incidents. We see more and more of these in the workplace all the time. And let's face it, they're not going to go away. But learning how to more effectively conduct our own investigations, trying to figure out what we can do to prevent things from happening, that's the goal. None of us want our people to go home sick, hurt, or injured because of things that we could have prevented in the workplace. Thank you for tuning into this edition, and we hope that it brought some sense to you as far as what you can do and implement in your workplace. Next week, we'll be coming out with our next podcast, and I think you're really going to like it. I did the interview today with the individual that we're going to be doing it. And we're going to preview the interview prior to the podcast this next week. So please stay tuned for that announcement. But until then, we want you to remember something. This is your vision. This is your dream. And this is your business. Take care.